This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. Arden Watch. Arden Watch. I'm just wondering how the local news stations are covering this. Like, are they camped outside, like, waiting for news? Because, obviously, this is a huge deal if the Sixers can get James Harden. Well, if it's a morning show, and you know how oftentimes on a morning show they don't have a dedicated sports person. They just have the morning anchors read what's going on. And they'll say something like, good morning. Hope you're having a great Thursday here in the Philly area. We are on James Harden watch. They would say it probably different than we say it. Well, when I lived in Florida and I worked at the local news station, we had a zoo and they were always on like eagle watch because we had bald eagles at the zoo and apparently one of them was pregnant. So every day during the newscast, we had eagle watch and eventually the eagle hatched a baby maybe it was an eagle maybe it was some other type of bird but i was like wow that's the lead up into sports and i get to follow this eagle giving birth (laughs) oh so did you do transition into some sort of like philadelphia eagles story or something like that nice little no i was in florida what was i supposed to do Oh, that's a tough one. Yeah, you just got to take the L on that one, Joseph. <laughs> and now heading to Clewiston for some high school girl soccer. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right, so let's dive into Harden Watch. Harden Watch. 2022, because we have Joe Giglio appearing on the Roman Guest Line. He is the co-host of BetQL Daily. Immediately after us with Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth, you can hear him on WIP in Philadelphia weekday evening so i'm sure there is plenty to talk about so joe how's the vibe in philly how's Harden watch going yeah i would say there's a lot of nerves in philadelphia right now over this entire thing um because you know as as we're talking about it's, it's Harden watch but it's also potentially the, the end of the ben simmons era in philadelphia which i i think people would, would shoot that guy out of a cannon to brooklyn to get james Harden to philadelphia um, but it's interesting, guys, just talking to people here. It's like, obviously, the, most people want James Harden, but there's a fear of giving up too much along with Ben Simmons and a little worry about James Harden because he seems to quit on teams lately and doesn't want to play. But, um, but yeah, everyone's kind of pitted the needles waiting to see if the Sixers can pull this off by 3 o'clock. So what does this mean if the Sixers can pull this off? Obviously, they have some good pieces in Joel Embiid, probably one of the best pieces in the NBA, but James Harden is a peculiar case because we talk about these superstars and their attitude and their mindset, and sometimes the chemistry does not work off the bat. So what do you think James Harden would mean to this squad, at least in the short term? Yeah, I think in the short term, I think they'd be installed as the favorites in the East. I think the odds would shift that much uh, by, you know, by 3.30 today or 4 o'clock or whenever we would get an update on our favorite sports books. I think the Sixers would be the favorite to come out of the Eastern Conference and, and make the NBA Finals. Now, would it actually mesh perfectly? I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I think what we know is you have two of the most efficient offensive players in the NBA, and they're actually pretty similar in, in their games. I mean, James Harden and Joel Embiid both draw a ton of fouls, get a lot of free throws, get a lot of easy points on the free throw line, take threes, very efficient scores. I mean, in theory, it's the kind of offense that, could really work. And if you put a bunch of shooters around them, you feel like, man, it, it's going to be really hard to stop that team. Now we'll see how many other pieces six, six have to give up if they need to go to the buyout market to, you know, to kind of fill the roster out over the next couple of weeks or so. But just in, in general, yeah, I think that the pairing would be dynamic.
We're talking with our good friend Joe Giglio, co-host of BetQL Daily, immediately after us with Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Oxworth. You can also hear him on WIP in Philadelphia weekday evenings. Joe, you mentioned sort of the nerves there in Philly as to what may happen here. My question to you is, who potentially, and I know this is not necessarily the easiest question to answer, but who potentially would you be worried about giving up in return for James Harden? Yeah, for me, the only name that, that I would draw the line at is Tyrese Maxey, uh, the, the young guard, 21 years old, rookie last year out of Kentucky, second year this year. He's taken a big leap, um, you know, without Ben Simmons in the starting lineup, and you know, he's become a starting player that often will, will drop over 20, over 30 points a game. I think he's averaging about 18 right now. I mean, you, you can kind of see it with him that there's, there's legitimate all-star potential, and I, and I think he needs to stay as a hedge on Harden's age on Harden also being a free agent this summer, I mean, there's no guarantee. He would say, I think he probably would sign with the Sixers if he if he may came here in this trade. So, uh, but Maxi, I think is important to keep. Anybody else, though, I'm good with. I mean, this is the price of business in the NBA. I, I mean, you win with superstars, not role players. So, any of the other names that are being haggled about, if the Sixers let that get in the way of a deal, I think it'd be a mistake. And this is the second straight year that Daryl Morey's tried to acquire James Harden around the trade deadline. Obviously, didn't work last year. He ended up in Brooklyn. I just don't see how he doesn't uh, you know, do whatever it takes to get him to, to Philadelphia this time. All right, so Harden Watch is definitely a huge deal with the trade deadline looming in the NBA, but we also have a little football game this weekend between the Bengals and the Rams. So, obviously, got to ask, who are you leaning on when it comes to the Super Bowl? So, I, you know, I've seen for two weeks all the reasons and all the logic behind the Los Angeles Rams, and I totally understand it. And I understand the advantage they have on their defensive line against the Bengals' offensive line. But every single time I, I, I think I'm going to take the Rams in the game, I just come back to Joe Burrow, and I come back to something with this Bengals team that is difficult to quantify. I think you look at some of the numbers from the regular season, and you're like, man, it's kind of a mismatch. And then you watch the Bengals' defense in the postseason, and you say, man, they're playing better, and they're making plays. And – uh, I'm I'm going to lean towards and, and and play the Bengals side of this game. Now, uh, am I more confident in a bunch of props than I am in that? Yeah, I, I would say this is one of those games where I feel great about it. I could see it going either way, but I think the right side of the game is, is taking the points of the Bengals. Joe, we've talked about the props on this show, and there's a thousand props that BetMGM is just insane. As you know, you can bet on anything when it comes to the Super Bowl. What is your favorite under prop? We, we've taken a few overs, but you actually like an under here. I do. I, I love Cam Akers uh, under. And depending on the book you're using, you find his number in, in, the, in the 60s range. Um, and I just think it's too high. I mean, Cam Akers has not run the football well since he's come back from his Achilles. I think it's under or right around two and a half yards per carry. And it's not like it's only been a couple carries where you're like, well, he's got to get going. No, they fit in the football, and it still hasn't worked. He had the fumbles against Tampa Bay. We get the news this week that Daryl Henderson uh, is, is on it the way back for the Rams. I mean, that could be a three- or four-man rotation in the backfield. So I got a running back off an of Achilles who's not playing very well and not running the ball particularly well. Had a couple fumbles a couple playoff games ago. I think the best path for the Rams to score is to throw the football anyway, and it could be a shared rotation in the backfield. I mean, to, to think I can lay you know, that kind of number and take the over, I think it's a lot. So I, I would definitely go with the under with Cam Akers rushing yards in this game. So we've been talking about this game for two weeks. Uh, it seems like more. 
what is the strategy for betting on the Super Bowl when it comes to amount of bets? Because there's a lot of people out there eyeing all of these props, and there's a ton of amount there. But at some point, you've got to stop betting on props because you'll need a very specific result for each and every drive of the game. So for you, what is the strategy when trying to place the amount of bets that you'll have on the Super Bowl? Yeah, it's a great question. And obviously everyone is, is going to be a little different in terms of uh, how many units they want to spend, how, how much they're just willing to, to throw out there. And, and maybe because it's Super Bowl, maybe you know, a lot of our, our listeners who may be new to this, a lot of new states that are um, legalized sports, so they may be like, you know what, I've never done this before, I'll, I'll throw an extra you know, whatever on, on so you can have more, right? So I think for everyone out there listening, it depends on how much you're willing to, to bet, and you can kind of divvy it up. But it's funny you asked how many, because during each show as we talk through things and – you know, we're kind of throwing things out there and, and different things pop up in our, and we, you know, whether it's Joe or Aaron or myself says something on the air, I'll always go to my app and I'll kind of highlight it, right? And then I'll, I won't actually put the bet in, but I'll highlight it. And then once in a while, I'll look by the end of the show, our last second, we do lightning bets. I'm like, man, I have like 15 things today. And then I got to kind of pair it back and like, I'm not going to do that, you know, on a Tuesday most weeks. But uh, for the Super Bowl, I'm, I'm going to have a bunch. I'll probably be in the 10 to 15 range. I don't know if I'll get to 20 on, uh, on props. There's just so many. And you feel like, the more you dive in, you feel more confident. The one thing I'm going to do is try to correlate them um, with, with game script. I mean, I, I do think it'll be a lower scoring game. I think it'll be a, a slower starting game. First quarter, lowest scoring quarter, first score, a field goal. I, I think I'm going to try to put those together and see if I get on a little bit of a roll early and then uh, maybe feel good as the game goes along. And then, you know what, if the first few don't work, there's always the opportunity to live bet and, and try to even things out. Joe, when you look at the coaches in this game, Zach Taylor and Sean McVay, and there's some people who believe that maybe McVay has a coaching advantage just because he's been here before. Do you necessarily think that's the case, or is that is that an overrated advantage? I think it's an overrated advantage. Um, it doesn't hurt. I mean, if you gave him, a, give him a choice, I'd rather have the coach that's been there before. I, I just think McVay has the advantage because he's a better coach. I, I think that – you know, they could be playing in November at Cincinnati. I still would say, well, the coaching advantage today belongs to Sean McVay. And not that I don't like Zach Taylor. I, I think he's okay. And I think he's done a nice job as this season has gone along just to shift that team uh, as much as he can towards Joe Burrow's arm and stop you know, banging his head into the ground with the running game. But I do think McVay is the better coach. And if there is one advantage to the um, experience factor is he may have learned something from what he did wrong and what went wrong in the Super Bowl last time because that was – probably one of the dullest offensive performances we've ever seen in the Super Bowl. And it was big days, you know, a few years ago, scoring three points against the Patriots. All right, Joe, let's end the interview on a fun one. What is your favorite food to eat during the Super Bowl? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I mean, it has to, it has to be wings. I'm, I'm a wings guy. Uh, I love yes. to eat all those different sauces, and you could, you could have kind of your wing bar out. You can make your own. I've made my own before. Um, it is a process. I will tell everyone listening, if you're going to make your own wings, you, you better buckle in. Like, that's not like, you know, 20 <laughs> minutes or so. I mean, you you got, you got to carve out some time there to, to make those things, and the cleanup could be a, a whole separate thing. So I, I would go with wings. Um, I know there's like a wing shortage, or they're expensive now or something. So whatever you use, whatever kind of uh, – whatever vehicle you use to make your wings, um, it takes some time, but I, I do like chicken wings. <laughs> I'm definitely going to leave it to the professionals. I'm just going to go to Wingstop, I think, because I do not trust myself with that kind of process. And 
we end on that. We want to thank Joe Gillio for stopping by on the Roman guest line. He is the co-host of BetQL Daily. Immediately after us with Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. You can hear him on WIP in Philadelphia. Weekday evenings. Joe G, thanks for stopping by. You got it, guys. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.